you so much for tuning in to Spirit 95. My name is Troy Borst, and I'm the senior minister at Cincinnati Christian Church in Eastern Greene County. You can find our radio program here every Sunday at 9.30. You can also join us in person at 10.30 at our location on State Road 54 in Eastern Greene County. We'd love to have you. God bless you. Enjoy the word today. Uh, before we get started, let's open up scripture uh, to Mark 10. This is going to be the last time for a while that we'll be in the book of Mark. Um, you guys have been through this book for a very long time, so we should all know it super well, which makes me super excited. Um, we'll be in Mark 10, starting in verse 13. And uh, at times, you may, because this is, you know, we're reading a lot, you may be tempted to zone out. But don't zone out. Um, everything in here is really important to the sermon. It's really important to our lives. And so um, don't, don't tune out. Dig in. Uh, read it yourself. Open up Mark 10, starting in verse 13, and we'll read to verse 31. Alrighty. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked him. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for su to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and he blessed them, laying his hands on them. And as he was sitting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You, you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mo your mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his word. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house, or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or lands, for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, and brothers, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and last will be first. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for who you are. Um, thank you so much this morning for the way you've, you've blessed us. Um, thank you for this last week where we could spend time with family and friends and we can enjoy what we have. And
Um, I pray for those who maybe didn't have family or friends, um, that they, this passage this morning speaks to them, uh, that it, it warms them, it comforts their heart, their aching heart. Those of us who are missing families and friends this, this week, God, I pray that you comfort us, that you draw near to us like you have promised you would. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love. I pray that this sermon glorifies you and no one else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alrighty, so this is our second week of contrast. If you guys remember that, uh, sorry, excuse me, of contrast, of this sermon series. I'm getting ahead of myself there. This is the sermon series of things Troy should have preached. We just went through the book of Mark, and Troy had this idea, not me. I didn't think he did a bad job. He, he said, what are some things in Mark you would have preached that I didn't preach? And so I picked a few things, and so this one's kind of a half-truth. He kind of half-preached this. Um, he preached this first part. If you remember, because I'm sure you guys remember all of Troy's sermons, um, the first part about children, right, being a part of the kingdom of God, um, being having childlike faith. Um, but I, um, this is where I was trying to get to, I saw this contrast. I see this rich young ruler. I think it's important that we don't just stop at this, this section. I think we should continue on and see a broader context. See, we see a lot of contrast in the Bible. Uh, we see as... Uh, um, Eric mentioned, we see light and dark. We see good and evil. We see love and hate. We see Pharisees and tax collectors and sinners. They're all contrasting. They're all paralleling each other. And so this story, we see another parallel. We see the rich young ruler and we see the children. And so um, today I want us to examine a few things um, that contrast, that parallel, that show us the light of what it means to be in the kingdom, what the kingdom's about, what the kingdom values are. This is important to us. And so the first contrast to look at is how they come to Jesus. Or maybe a better way of saying it is on what authority they come to Jesus. We can notice here that the disciples, when the children were coming to Jesus, were pushed away. It says they were rebuked. They were not allowed to come. But the rich young ruler, as he comes to Jesus, he's welcomed in. Nobody stops him from getting to Jesus. I think that this has to do a lot with earthly status. Right? We all know about earthly status. Um, back then, it's a little bit different with children. See, we, our children now, are kind of like our prized possessions. But back then, children were not seen that way. That's not the idea. Children were lowly. Um, it, the likelihood of your child actually making it to adulthood was not great. Um, they were young, and they couldn't help out on the farm. They couldn't help out with different tasks. They didn't have any skills. They just, you fed them. Um, you clothed them, and they took up time. And so they weren't really seen as our like prized possessions like maybe we sometimes see now. And But what is the same is this celebrity status, right? If somebody has wealth or somebody has this elitism or what the kids would call clout, we would see them as higher. We'd see them as um, someone that we're amazed by. And so we welcome them in. We, we let them pass. We have this value system um, between these two. And so the rich young ruler has this loads of clout. He has elitism. He has status. And he walks right up to Jesus while the children are told to stay away. It's kind of like this. If you were at your favorite uh, artist concert, right? Uh, just think for a moment. Who is your favorite singer-songwriter? You put it in your head. Imagine you're at their concert. And at the end of the concert, they come up to you and they say, hey, my, my bus broke down. I got to get to the next show. Can you give me a ride? 
I think pretty much everybody would unanimously agree, like, we're going to give them a ride. Like, we'll do whatever we can. We'll take vacation time. If we have to, we will get you to your next show. But imagine the same thing happens, but it's a hitchhiker. Hitchhiker comes up to you and says, hey, I need a ride. Now, we're a lot less likely to give that hitchhiker a ride. You may say because it's because of safety, but in reality, you, you know the hitchhiker just as much as you know your favorite artist. Like, you know the version of the artist that the artist wants you to see over social media, over whatever it may be. Um, he presents a picture to you that you know, and you don't really actually know him. You know this picture. And so there's these two people. One has the status, and the other one does not have the status. And so you, you, you will let someone ride in your car, but you probably wouldn't let the other person ride in your car. And so this is the picture we're seeing. Uh, we let people into our lives based on their status based on their clout, based on their elitism. We let them based in on what they can give us, how, how, how we can leverage their authority. But Jesus does something different. Jesus says you must be like children, lowly. You must be like them before him, because if you come in with a status, this is not how you enter the kingdom of God. You, it does not dis, the kingdom of God actually does not discriminate. I think Eric even said that too. The kingdom of God does not discriminate. It doesn't matter who you are, how you come to him, you can't get in based on your own merits. You have to be aware of your nothingness before God and realize your need for him, not the other way around. You need to realize that nothing you can do will ever make you more of a desirable disciple. You won't be more of a prize, oh, we, we got to make him a Christian because he's the best. No, that's not the idea. The idea is all that come to Jesus, all who want to be with Jesus can be, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, uh, no matter your age, your race, your gender, it doesn't matter. You seek Jesus to be with him. And so that kind of brings us to our, our second contrast to notice. The second contrast is that children stay and the rich young ruler leaves. Both actually got what they wanted. The rich young ruler got his possessions. He wanted that. That was his prize in life. And the children got Jesus. That's what they wanted. And so... Uh, the rich young ruler, he came for the wrong reasons. He came thinking that if he just asserted his status, if that he just kind of act, came up and said, I've been good, he asserted his moral superiority. I've obeyed all the commandments, right? And then he ends up leaving because Jesus says, you lack one thing. Sell everything you own, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. What's amazing here is that the kingdom of God is so readily available to anybody who wants it? Anybody who wants it. But it's not for, it's still exclusive. The, the kingdom of God is the most exclusive inclusivity, right? We have this idea where anybody, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, no matter what background you come from, whether you have family or not, you can come and be a part of the kingdom of God. And actually one of the goals, one of the goals of the gospel is to get all tribes, all tongues, all nations to worship God. Like, that's, that is part of our reaching out the gospel to the whole world. That's inclusivity. But it's exclusive because the only way you can do that is by following Jesus. He is the one way. The offer is to follow Jesus. You need to realize your nothingness before him so that Jesus can be the everything of your life. He's not wishing to be an add-on. He's not like an addition on your home where it's like, oh, he would be nice right here. Rather, he wants to be your new home. He wants to be the God you worship. You, our, our lives, our goal is to, is to glorify God. 
He's the greatest thing that there has ever been, and he created all things, so we are designed to worship him and him alone, nothing else. No, um, no one accidentally goes to heaven, and no one shows up in the presence of God and was like, how did I get here? Like, you know when you're going to heaven, not because of what you've done, because of what Jesus has done. You have accepted him, you, you love him, you want to follow him, you want to worship him. You know that he's the king, and you're not. That's the point. You have to be nothing so he can be everything. I think we often uh, view the kingdom of God like in those, in those movies where there's those clubs, right? You think about one of these movies, these TV shows, there's a club, and the main character is trying to get into the club, and they can't. There's a few problems. They're either too young, um, they don't have enough money, they don't have uh, status as a celebrity, and so they can't get in. They don't, they, there's no way around, and so they try these, all these different ways. And so we kind of sometimes view the kingdom of God like that, like we have to hit these certain marks in our lives, whether it's being a good person, whether it's having a status like the rich young ruler, whatever it may be, we think we have to earn our way in. we got to find a way in. But actually, it's a little bit much more simpler than that. It's actually like this. So picture the same club, but picture there's no doors to the club. And you walk up, and you, you see the bouncers, and you're like, how can I get in? And they tell you, there's nothing you can do to get in. We'll, we'll get you in. You have to accept the fact that there's nothing you can do. When you look at the club, you see no doors, but you see this, this square box. And, you can, and it's just big enough to scoot you through. And, but it's so long that you can't like pull your way through. You have to allow someone to put you in and push you all the way through. You can't get in on your own. So you have to admit that there's nothing you can do and they will let you in. You have to admit you need somebody else's help. And so that's kind of the picture we see with this gospel, is that there's nothing you can do to get your way through in. You can't, have, you can't say, well, I'm actually a famous basketball player. Or, or I'm actually, well, I, I, I've been on a few movies. Have you seen Endgame? It was pretty good. I should be able to get in. I have status. I have wealth. That's not how this works. The kingdom of God is for anybody who wants to be with Jesus forever. That's the picture we see in the Bible. The only way to enter is by someone pushing you through. This can only be done by faith in Jesus on the cross. There's nothing that you can do. No status, no, no righteousness, nothing. Only the atonement of Jesus Christ on the cross will get you in. You can get baptized, and you can still actually not go to heaven because baptism is not what saves you. Jesus is what saves you. And when Jesus saves you, those things will follow. But the idea of I, maybe I, if I read, if I memorize the whole entire Bible, that still will not save me because that's you doing something. It doesn't involve you doing something. It involves Jesus doing something on your behalf, dying the death that you deserve, taking on the punishment that you deserve, and raising to life a new life, a resurrection life. As we talked about last week, you raise to this resurrection life through Christ and what he's done on the cross. Nothing else. You cannot earn it. You cannot Get your way through it. It's Jesus alone. It's grace alone. It's when you place your faith in Jesus to be your everything is when you can enter the kingdom. Because when we look at this passage and we understand that the, we as people often will say, well, if this person can get it, can't get in, then who can get in? Right? Like the sign of wealth was sign of a favor of God. They thought if you were wealthy, it means God loves you. That's how sometimes we can think that too, and that's wrong. 
And so Jesus corrects this thinking, and they ask then, then who can be saved? If not him, then who? And so Jesus answers this, and it's, of course, incredible because Jesus is. He says, uh, in, starting in verse 23, And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them, again, Children, how difficult is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything to follow you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands of persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. That many who are first will be last and last will be first. So we get this picture of the kingdom of God. It's for everybody. For you, every person sitting in this pew, no matter who you are, it's for you. And then, but there's, there's this thing, there's this, if you're wealthy, he says it's actually harder. Not because you have to do anything, but because it requires you to give up something. We see he says this, um, it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the, the kingdom of God. Uh, I like to think about this as I think he's being uh, both literal, both hyperbolical, and both metaphorical. Uh, the idea is there's this a, a camel and then like a sewing needle, right? Can you fit a camel through a sewing needle? No, you cannot. But I think he's exaggerating. He's also using a metaphor. He's exaggerating because mothers, what feels like a camel going through an eye of a needle? I'm not trying to be crass. This is Jesus, and I think he's making this point. I think he's saying you have to be born again to enter the kingdom of God. You have to. You have to be made new. You have to realize, like he said, your nothingness. Because when somebody's born, they enter the world, and they, uh, they're given a name. They're given a place, a status. They're given a certain economic standing that's not based on what they've done. It's based on who their father is. They're given all these things, all these um, different types of social status and everything that they are depends on who they are in relation to their father there's uh this it's it's so why it's so hard for someone who is wealth who's rich to be dependent on them because they they so badly have worked their whole lives to make a name for themselves they've worked so hard to be something to have these this status and now they're to being told hey if you want to follow me, you have to get rid of that status and accept your nothingness before me. That's a big deal. That is hard to do. Convincing someone that less is better is really hard to do. Even when I was writing this sermon, I was like, how on earth do I convince a bunch of people that being nothing is better than being what you think is everything? That's hard to do. That's hard to think about. That's why he says it's like having an anim, a camel go through an eye of a needle. It's, and see, if it's a picture of birth, birth is hard, but it's not impossible. It's painful, but it happens. And so to be reborn again 
It's only possible with God. And so God, if you come to him to be reborn again, you, we get to see this beautiful picture of Jesus is your everything. If you, but if you pick anything over Jesus, whether it's good things like family, friends, wealth, that's, wealth is not a bad thing. If, but if you pick it over Jesus, or even if you pick, say you pick sinful things over Jesus, like lust, envy, pride, you're not reborn again. Because Jesus has to be the end of all things. He has to be the greatest thing in your life. Not just an addition. He's the greatest. You have to have a new identity in him. And for some of us, we're poor. This isn't really like, like we're like, oh, that sounds great. You're telling me I get a new family? I don't have any family. You're telling me I get new friends? Sweet. I don't have friends. Right? Like that's a, If you're poor in, in this worldly sense, you don't have status. You don't have power. This is a great offer. You're like, awesome, done deal. Let's do this thing. But if you're rich, you think about it. You slow down. You go, do I really want to give up what I have? Do I really want to be willing? Would I really be willing if Jesus asked me to, to sell all that I have and give it to the poor? Do I have that kind of trust in him that he's that good? That he's worth the bargain, right? Because it feels like a bargain, do I want to be in his kingdom, or do I not want to? And I, I think this actually applies to most all of us in the room. I think most all of us are rich. Um, in terms of the world, we're more wealthy than most of the world. In terms of um, having children live is a big deal. Like most places don't, it's not expected that your children will grow up. Like that's a special thing that we have now with modern medicine. So in a lot of ways, we are rich. We have social media so we can have more friends, and whether or not they're actual friends, friends than we ever imagined. We're so accessible to everybody. Yet at the same time, Jesus says, are you willing to give up all that to come follow me? Do you believe that that's a downgrade, or do you trust that I'm actually better than those things? To enter the kingdom of God is hard, but it's not impossible. You have to be born again. Birth is incredibly painful, but it's worth it. I know the road of the cross, it looks folly. A man dying for everybody seems really hard to believe, but it's true. Because it wasn't just a man, it was God himself. And see, God himself uh, lived this. He's, he lived exactly what he's asking you to live. He, he's asking you to be willing to do whatever you can to leverage yourself to be following him. Even if that means your family deserts you, your friends reject you, your, your home's parents reject you. It's, it's worth it. Jesus was rejected by his friends. Jesus was rejected by his family. He was rejected ultimately by his father on the cross because of our sin. And then he lived and he rose back to life. And he says, I know this is tough, but I've done it. And I'm asking you to do it. I'm asking you to follow me no matter what. The world may think you're crazy. You may not get the status you want, but it doesn't matter because I'm better than that. I'm worth more than that. What you have is guaranteed to leave you. You die, it goes away. It turns to dust, moth, ash, whatever. It's gone. But what is eternal is Jesus. Jesus lasts forever. He says in the life to come, eternal life. So the deal is, would you rather be with Jesus and spend him with, the, with him forever, or would you rather have your possessions now? You have a choice. You can be like a child, or you can be like the rich young ruler. 
The rich young ruler made his choice, and he has to live with that. And so this morning, you have a choice. Are you, going to, are you born again, or do you want to be born again? Or do you want to keep your possessions? Do you want to keep a distance from God? Do you want to separate yourself from him? Because you know that it means it requires you giving up. Nobody just half enters the kingdom of God. It's impossible. He doesn't allow for that to happen. He has to be the God of your life or not your God at all. It's your choice. Are you going to serve him? Are you going to worship him? Or are you going to serve and worship your idols? Money's great, but it's not God. Family's great, but it's not God. There's more important things than that. I know that's hard for us to hear because that's what we, we, our whole lives revolve around that. The American dream, man, make something of yourself in this country. But Jesus says you can make yourself something, but don't be willing. Don't, don't let that stop you from coming to me. That's only as good as it can to leverage for the kingdom. But if you, if you cannot come to me because of these things, then don't go to those things at all. Not everybody is called to give up all that they own, but everybody is called to follow Jesus. And if that's what it requires, then that's what it requires. So be willing to, to lay down your life to follow Jesus. The gospel is worth it because, because the gospel saves anybody. Like we said, it's, it's inclusive for anybody who wants to come, but it's exclusive because Jesus is the only way in. And Jesus wants you there, but he's not going to force you. He'll, he'll look on you with love, just like the rich young ruler, but he'll let you walk. That's the deal he promises to us, that he loves us, he's here for us, but he'll let us make our choice. He'll let you walk away from him, but he wants you to stay. So this morning, I'm begging you, come to the feet of Jesus and stay like a child. Don't, don't take the, the bait to, to go somewhere else. Don't listen to the devil. Don't, don't walk away into um, a life of self-serving, of wealth that's better than God, because that's not better than God. Nothing is. Amen? All right, let's pray. God, you are so good to us. Um, God, I, I'm sorry for the times that um, we, we, think, we tend to think that maybe you're not that good. The times we tend to go, you know, this might be better than following you, because we know it's not. You are so much better. God, I want to live a life, and I want us to live a life that shows the world that we think you're better than it all. God, I pray that if there's any of us here this morning who um, need to make the decision that you are better than whatever we have, that we make it. That we realize that you are better than family and friends, that you offer the ultimate hope, the ultimate life, that there's not life found. There's nothing, there's nothing that we bought on Black Friday that will ever fill the hole in our souls that uh, we can now come to you with thanksgiving for you're good and you love us and you're enough for us. God, I pray that we empty ourselves so that we decrease so you can increase. God, I, I pray this all in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to our radio program this morning. We hope that you are encouraged by God's Word. You can always join us at Cincinnati Christian Church every Sunday at 1030. You can visit us online at CincinnatiCC.org. We would love to have you. God bless you.